The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hi there, and welcome to the Electric Vicuna podcast, where we make original audio drama from 13 years of productions. I'm Jack Ward, and welcome back. This is episode 59. You know, it's been a while since we've had some new work in the EVP podcast. I told you there'd be a bit of a drought. We've got a few producers out working on projects, and I've got a few shows in the pipeline as well. Tonight's episode is one of those shows I overlooked in the original shows that I've done. This is pretty exciting for me because I feel like I've truly come somewhere if I've produced entire shows I didn't know that were on my list already. This show is called Daybreak. It was my first Fringe Festival show, and although it was a lot of work, I really wanted to see it go through. We had a couple of different actors who signed up and then bowed out with other commitments. Ira Henderson and Marie Pike were absolute stars. Dorian Lang is my personal savior as he took my first play and helped me bring it to a live audience. He was more than just a stage manager. He was more like an executive producer. Oh, thanks so much, Dorian. So without further ado, here's Daybreak. Who takes four hours to pack? Aren't you going to leave? You open the front door, you shut it. You have everything packed in those two suitcases, don't you? This isn't happening. Oh, it's happening. It's most definitely happening. It's the most goddamn serious thing happening in the whole goddamned world. Please, stop. Stop? Stop what? Stop looking at me so accusingly from, from, there. From where? Here? The couch. I'm not getting up. I'm not stopping you from leaving. You want to leave? You wait any longer and the neighbors will be up. You want to leave like a thief in the night? Go. 
Get the hell out. Don't shut the door this time. Just go. Why is this happening? You know why this is happening. Don't fool yourself. You're not an idiot. Every time something happens that you don't like, you make as if it's outside of your influence. It's not. Be a man. Take control. Be the captain of your own bloody ship and sail with your bags and your booty and just leave me the hell alone. I'm sorry. That was unfair. I know you didn't want this. I don't even know why I'm here in the first place. I never had a choice. You just... No. Go on. Say how you feel. You had a choice. You know what you did. You didn't have to... You just... You didn't need to... Everything was gonna be... What? Everything was gonna be fine? Everything according to your plan, right? What about my feelings? Didn't that ever occur to you? I didn't... Look, I didn't know. That's no excuse, Daniel. It's never been an excuse. Not since the beginning of time has it been an excuse. You didn't think. You never think. Did you think when you lost your job? That wasn't my fault. Stop staring at me like that. No. But you didn't have to punch out your supervisor and lose your severance, did you? My head hurts so much. Poor Daniel. Your head hurts. Do you remember when your mother used to say that? How do you Daniel, come on. She always said her head hurt. That's called a hangover. She worked hard. She'd come home. She needed to relax. We lived in that damn room, just her and I. Motel room. Fridge against the TV. Clothes piled by the fridge. Box of groceries on the floor. The can of peas was Optimus Prime, and the cans of soup were the Decepticons. She called me her buddy. We'd watch TV together on the bed and laugh. And she'd send you outside when any of her men friends came visiting. I'd throw my ball against the wall. To block out the noise. In the winter. It was too cold to hit the wall and bounce back. And Mom would drink to drown out the years. That's what she said. It's the years that get you, Danny, she'd say. The years they pile up. Pile up. Like snow outside the motel wall. I need to go. I know. I'm, I'm going. I know. You've turned the doorknob. I didn't... Don't forget your bags. Right. You know why you're not leaving, right? I am. I know, but still. You know why you aren't leaving. No. Because you went too far, and now you want to make it right. Is there any way to make it right? Can you go back in time? Would I do anything differently? So we're stuck with our actions, like making marks and wet sidewalk cement. Everything wears away at the same time. Your memories are just part of the fading landscape, stuck with the consequences of who we are until death. And by then, no one remembers what you did anyway. And if they do, why? And worst of all, Daniel? What? No one gives a shit.
But I care. I give a shit. And maybe you just don't want to let go of that. Maybe. Or maybe you just want to mess around. No. No, that's not it at all. He's something deviant inside of you, and you can't accept me. Helpless. Oh. I mean, I'm here, lying on this couch. No. Who's going to stop you? I won't even move. No, just stop it. Stop it. Don't you think this is hard enough? Okay, okay. Don't be angry. You know you never think well when you're angry. My head hurts so much. What if you stayed? I can't be serious. Who's going to disturb us? And you're in no shape to drive. What do I do about the phone? Unplug it. And no one will come? It's a prank phone call. No one will come. I can't promise that. I don't have a lot of alternatives. Then just stay for a bit. Until your head stops hurting. That won't be long. I'm not going anywhere. Get a glass of water. That's it. I, I need a drink. I wouldn't drink the wine. It'll help my head. Did it help your mother's? That's just cruel. How long did you wait for her? Shut up. Outside the school. Shut up. No one showed up. The teachers didn't even wait around to see what happened to you. Everyone just went about their day. I don't and... want to talk about it's it. It's obvious you do. Look, some things are just... Some things just happen. Some things are just beyond my... Control? So there are things you can control and things you can't? Obviously. Is it so obvious? Is it really? Because here you are drinking my wine, saying there are some things beyond your control, but you're making the choice to drink and soon drive. I'm not drunk. Not yet. I won't be getting drunk. Not tonight. Morning. It's morning, remember? That's just the point, isn't it? You made the choice to drink. You set that little ball in motion, you knock that little domino down, and you don't know where it'll end. Will you turn the glass over, or will you drink until the bottle's empty and drive? I already told you. Drive I'm... right into a light pole like your mother. Dead drunk. You waited at school until the next day, sleeping on the playground. Scared, alone, you missed the bus. I was ten years old. It was your choice. You missed the bus. Your choice. You knew what she was like. Your choice. This is about Roger, isn't it? Why would you say that? That's why I'm here, isn't it? Roger. You're still drinking the wine. I already told you, my head... <sighs> my head hurts. It all piles up. That's it. All piles up. And we can't go back. No, we can't. I can't ever get my job back. Was it really about your job? Really? What do you mean? I mean, you're still throwing the ball against the wall to drown out the noise. Maybe. You're still lying on the deck of the sailing ship in the playground, unable to take the wheel. It never would turn out of that sand pit. And that's you, Daniel, landlocked. All your life. Now you're making those same excuses they tell me I make. I'm just telling you what you want to hear. Why? So you'll finally leave. You want me to leave? I want you to make a choice. One that's not based on instinct or reaction. One actual thought-out choice. You don't leave for others to make for you. A real choice. Not something you box yourself into. And then maybe... Maybe. You can let the dominoes fall where they may. I'm going now. It's morning. The sun will be up any time. I stayed this long. I think we both know why you did. I'm really going this time.
She has to get through an important phone call. Nadine, you have to be sensible about I don't want to talk about that, Mother. Why? I told you why. I don't want to be negative. So I'm being negative? No, I'm not saying you're being negative, but... Well, then why? Well, you are being How negative. Long has it been? Just a couple of days. Nadine. Okay, almost two weeks, That's it. but... No, I don't need you to come over. He'll be here Honey, any minute. I just want what's best for you. You can go back to your favorite night of television. What time is it? What time is it? Lots of people have dinner just before midnight. Okay. You know how hard he works. I didn't say anything, but honey, I want you to be honest with yourself. Deal with the reality of the situation. I am dealing with reality. You're the one that could have a, a bomb go off, and you wouldn't even... Now, called his office after lunch his and they said told you he'd be coming? Well, no, they didn't exactly what say did that he say? was Well, they said he then was in a meeting. You, I just did no. I just hear you open the wine. You're not drinking alone again, are you? No, I won't open the bottle of wine until That's him. I've got to go, oh, mom. Wish okay. me luck. Okay. I promise Good to call luck, if dear. I need you. Love you. I Bye. Love you coming, coming. Hello? Good evening. I'm uh, sorry to trouble you. I was wondering if I could borrow your phone. My car is broken down. And I, I'm sorry. I'm just about to sit down for a late dinner, and my husband will be home in a it'll moment. It'll only be a moment. I just need to call roadside assistance. I don't mean to be rude. Have you tried the bakers? They're just two doors down. They're away. The entire cul-de-sac is away. It's summer holidays. The rain is cold. I'm sorry. I really can't. I'm afraid I'm going to insist. What are you doing? Get out of my house. Help! Come back here. Don't touch that phone. Help! Ah! I told you, don't touch the phone! Mm-hmm. Well, what do we have here? Salad, huh? Looks good. Pennsylvania. 1898. Uh, You've got a little something there. What? No, your other side of your face. Uh, yes, just there by your nose. Really? I finished up cutting up the carrots. Uh, uh, is there any... What else you got here? Um, oh, of course, tomatoes. Like I said, Pennsylvania, 1898. We're like that. I'm hurt. Two cars in the entire state of Pennsylvania in 1898. 283 miles long and 160 miles wide. Look that up once. And in the entire state, two cars. Who? Two cars. Well, I imagine there'd be coaches and horses and probably bikes. Who are you? And we have to keep in mind that you can't just drive a car anywhere. going to be roads. Not a lot of roads, but still roads, connections from place to place. And in all that, in all that, two cars, and they collide. What do you want? It's destiny. (laughs) It has to be. I mean, cars could go faster technically than horses, but the roads weren't made for them, and they'd plod along. And if you hit another wagon, I mean, that would make sense, a fluke, if they didn't get out of the way. But in the entire state... Two cars, and they collide? The odds would be insurmountable. 
but fate took a hand. Why are you here? I thought that was obvious. This is a home invasion. I'm here to take anything of worth that you have. I'm just glad you were up so late, but then you were waiting for... Uh... I don't have anything. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the outside of your house? I mean, sure, it's modest inside, but three-car garage, immaculate garden that I'm pretty sure you didn't do yourself. A gazebo. Who has a gazebo nowadays? I want you to leave. And I want all your valuables. And if I leave, if I leave with the money, you won't have anything to worry about. I won't let you. Oh, you won't? How do you plan to stop me? This? Are you feeling threatened by the butcher's knife? Hmm? Is it this? Before you lays the object of your fear. Go ahead. Take it. It's not even a foot away from your face, right there on the table. I even turn the handle towards you. Go ahead. Take it. Take it and use it. If that's the only thing holding you back from your freedom, just pick up the knife and bury it in my chest. And your troubles are all over. No one will question an intruder in your household. Go ahead. But just remember, if you do grab the knife, and I stop you, because I will stop you, I will leave you in less than preset factory conditions. This could be your only chance. <laughs> you couldn't. You know why? Because you're a human being. You know the difference between human beings and animals, Nadine? How? People say that we are animals, and we are for the most part. How do you know my name? I mean, animals can be emotionally hurt, they can get angry, they can be sad, they can love, they can be jealous, they can want to please, they can ignore. But you know the one thing that separates us from the animals, Nadine? How do you know my name? They can't feel guilt. Oh, sure, they can be sorry. A dog will hang its head and know that it was bad, but actual guilt, the kind that tears at your soul, that is reserved for human beings. You and I, we are different than that. Stop! What is it? How do you know my name? I don't think you're ready for that yet. What do you mean? Eat up. You made this beautiful salad. You don't want it to wilt. You want some dressing? I didn't see any, but I can whip something up. Suit yourself. Still, join me. The tomatoes will ruin the lettuce if you don't eat it up in a hurry. Too many things go badly quickly, and there's little to be done when they do. Sit! in the chair, and eat. Where was I? All right, guilt. Guilt gnaws at your insides like a hungry dog. You can't ever feed guilt to make it go away. Guilt tells us the time is past to make things right. You have to be aware of the passage of time and want to change your actions for guilt to take root in the soul. Animals aren't like that. Oh, sure, I mean, they know the high points of the day. My husband will be here soon. They can tell when it's time to eat and time to sleep, time to be walked. Sorry, what was that? My husband. He'll be here soon. 
you, you can't stay. He'll be here, and he'll see you, and... And? He'll stop you. And why do you think that? He's always home from work at this time. <laughs> always, eh? He works very hard, and he's very strong. And he knows everyone in town, the police captain and the chief justice. You, you won't have anywhere to go. So you're saying that now you've seen my face, I can't let you tell him what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be that way. I have the face of a thousand of his employees and I need one of his three plants. Employees? You, you know my husband. I know your husband. He hired me. Well, not directly. A multitude of human resource peons, like like countless snake heads on one hydra, do his bidding. They take care of the human aspects of management, you know, the hiring, the day-to-day -day activities of the scurrying hive, birthday celebrations, the milestones, you know, failings, firing. Were, were you let go? Yes. Roger wouldn't have been the cause of that. You mustn't blame him. He- Roger fired 387 workers. That's two-thirds of the workforce at our plant alone. Roger shut it down and left a skeletal work staff on limited work terms. Roger made a killing. A killing! A killing. You ever notice how business uses terms for violence that no one would accept anywhere else? I made a killing in the stock market. John went to a headhunter for a new job. I've got the client in my crosshairs. I just got axed. It takes a different kind of person to be a business person. Not a human being. Your husband is not a human being, Nadine. He's an animal. An animal that doesn't feel remorse. It doesn't feel regret. It doesn't have any guilt for what it's done. Now that's enough. That's quite enough. You... You, you come into my home, and you terrorize me, and you say you're gonna rob me, and... And my Roger is a good man. He's made a home for me. And where is he, Nadine? Where's your good man? The titan of industry that owns property big enough for three lots on this one small, nearly vacant street and leaves you in this unassuming house. That's all I, I wanted. I didn't want a big home. He didn't want a big house, Nadine, because it meant spending money on you. And he'd rather look ostentatious by buying a massive property with trees and bushes and hide you away in this lovely little cottage in the back. Because you're an embarrassment to him. No, that's not true. Then where is he, Nadine? He's not here, and he's not coming. Oh, no, don't say that. He is coming. His secretary said... Diane, he probably told you he was too busy to talk to you when he called, but he'd be over tonight. How did you... Because he's fucking Diane, Nadine. You know this for months now. He just hasn't bothered to come home the past two weeks because he knows you know, and it doesn't matter. Give me your hand. No. Give me your hand. We don't need him. You don't need him. You don't mean anything to him. You mean anything. Does he keep all his valuables in his room? Yes. Upstairs in the bedroom.
Gold pocket watches, diamond tie pins. His Huntsman and Anderson and Shepherd suits and his damned Parker black and Edward green shoes. I dusted those. I polished them. He always wanted his suits dry clean, but I polished his shoes until I no longer recognized myself in the reflection. He's an animal, Nadine. Without conscience, without guilt. I can hurt you, but that's not what I want. He likes to hurt. He likes to control. He likes to have the rest of us begging for scraps. We're the same, Nadine. You're left in the cold just like me. Desperate just like me. We're not animals. We're desperate, desperate people, and we need to learn to fight back while we still can. I know. I know. You're right. I made this a home. He promised it would be the two of us. They promise what they know we want. You a home, for me and so many others, employment, jobs. We're only a means to an end for these animals. We're the chew toys. They want us desperate, clinging, eager for the smallest offerings. 30 years ago, do you think our parents would have accepted the world this way? Fewer jobs, less pay, and they tell us that we have to expect less and less. Less security, less health care, decreasing benefits. We can't get fat on that, but it's a living. But that's not enough for them. They need us alive, but not really living. We let the animals out of their cages. A six-fold increase across the board for CEOs everywhere, and our jobs are shipped away. Our town centers are bulldozed for prime real estate condos for them. Our schools are gutted of resources, and our unions are reviled as if they caused the market crashes, as if they caused the wage disparity. I mean, we're all Reagan's bastard children. I, I can't do it anymore, Nadine. I won't take from you. He's already taken it all. Ah! <laughs>
Daybreak was written, directed, and produced by Jack J. Ward. Ira Henderson was Daniel, and Ashley Marie Pike was Nadine, with special guest M. Sierra Garcia as the mother. Daybreak was rough edited by Colm Guthrie Ward. The Deadline theme and incidental music was written and performed by Sharon B. Daybreak and the Deadline Anthology are an Electric Vicuna production. Daybreak had an interesting setup on the stage. I had the Chesterfield that had Marie Pike's character facing the audience in the living room stage front, and then the kitchen was in the back of the stage. And for act two, which was entitled The Night Before, I flipped the stage and had the kitchen in the front and the living room in the back with the back of the couch facing the audience. That way the character's death isn't really made clear until the end of the play. Our protagonist was talking to his own guilt in that first act, as you probably had guessed. I had some teacher friends of mine come to see one of my performances, and the next day, my classroom was purposefully reversed with the words DAYBREAK in capital letters spelled out on the chalkboard. It was one of my proudest moments as a playwright. Next month, we get to listen to the remake of Faith, starring Tanya Malayevich, and audio edited by Scott Mosher. This production was a long time coming, and I hope you enjoy it. Until then, I'm Jack Ward. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. <laughs>